welcome in Chicago Brothers Bear Show Midweek Edition. Boy, has it been a week in Beardom, I guess. Even for the Bears, this is kind of a weird week, I would say. Andre, does Montez Sweat coming to the Bears move the needle at all for you? Maybe not this year. So there's a couple of puzzling things about the Mont the Montez Sweat deal, I think. One is you trade a real probably going to be at this point a high draft pick in round two to get um you know a, a, a I would say a very good pass rusher and probably you would say that Washington's defensive line is one of the better defensive lines in football you can make the case that Montez Sweat is the best lineman on that line so one of them I mean their tackles yeah. are their tackles are good but I think overall. He's been available, productive, so he's a good player. Uh, and to match his production uh, at in round two, even if it's a high round two, is probably going to be hard to do. So I think the second round pick has value there. The downside is you're going to have to pay him, and the Bears have typically not wanted to pay players at a premium, uh, a.k.a. anybody, uh, right? So we lost probably one of the best linebackers in the league, and I would say that if Roche, if uh, Roquan was still on the team, he would be better than any linebacker that we have, just personally. So it's one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, you don't want to pay people top dollar. And maybe you make the justification that, well, if you try to approach him in free agency, uh, that you're going to have to pay more than he would be worth now. But who knows? Because we don't know what the contract is or numbers. I'm hoping that they can lock him up long term and not use the franchise franchise tag, but it's still some like questionability on why we would need him. And you just, no matter what, if Luce gets fired and you have to change defensive schemes or whatever, you're hoping that he still can be a very productive player, no matter what defense he's in. So from that perspective, I, I think it will actually, I mean, it could only help the bears in the pass rush because they're awful to be honest, right? Bottom line. He's a very effective run stopper, very good defensive lineman. We're pretty much pretty weak on the defensive end. It's been just showcased that effectively. And Gakwe can't do anything on his own. So we're going to, we need help. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no doubt that Montez Sweat now becomes the best player on the Bears defensive line immediately, right? This also gives you the opportunity to move uh, Billings and Walker back inside, which I think they're a little bit more natural D tackles than they are D ends. And they, it's kind of been a weird rotation on the other side from Yannick and Gakwe. Montez Sweat, though, again, like you've pointed out, a lot of times when these deals get done for a guy who's on an expiring contract, essentially the extension is agreed to, you know, with, with a handshake deal prior to the deal being done. Montez Sweat, in his press conference when he got here, he's like, I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tonight. So the contract is the last thing I'm worried about right now. I'm going to go, you know, we'll figure it out later. But my agent, I think, is talking to them. So, you know, I'll, I'll get caught up at some point. So it didn't seem like much in the way of negotiating an extension was done prior to the deal getting done. However, you know, credit to Ryan Poles, I guess a little bit of, hey, as you said, in the second round or early second round, which is where that pick's going to be, probably somewhere in that 35 to 40 range, 
your best chance of getting a pass rusher in that range would be the production you're going to get from Montez Sweat, who's a proven player, right? He's not gotten over 10 sacks in his career. He's on pace this year for, I think, 12, you know, having a career year. But as you said, he's a physical beast. He's good in the run game. He's very good at creating pressure, which is obviously something the Bears need. So if you can sign him to a deal, and I think he's going to command somewhere in that 24, 25 million a year range, good. It's a hole you had to fill. You got a proven player. Great. However, if this deal does not get done, and let's say, you know, flus and poles are done at the end of the season and the Bears just clean house. And then, like you said, we switched now from a 4-3 back to a 3-4. It's like, well, what did what did we really accomplish by doing this, right? And, you know, heaven forbids this turns into another, you know, uh, Chase Claypool where, you know, in a year from now, you're like, oh, man, what, did, what were we thinking, right? Like, why did we give this up? And everything that I've heard and read about Sweat from the Washington media since this deal's gotten done, does not give me an indication that that's the case. The Pittsburgh fans and Pittsburgh media, when the Chase Claypool got traded to the yeah, Bears, they, celebrated, yeah. they were like, "Thank God." Let's I can't let's believe that. don't 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 intermix these two thoughts. Chase Claypool, because it's a second rounder, and we traded for somebody. Completely different scenarios. Yeah, okay. and I agree with you there. I yeah. think they're two completely independent things, and we have to view it that way. Yeah, and I think this is the number one thing we complain about with the Bears is they have no pass rush, right? So I mean, yeah, we gotta applaud polls for saying, "Hey, guess what? We we're gonna try to improve the pass rush. We're trying to get this team better." The question becomes on to what ends this year. Yeah, and and what's right. what's the purpose of doing it this year? So I get like be aggressive, grab a guy for the second round. We improve our team, but you're really looking at this for next year to really have the impact you would expect. Because let's say he balls out, gets his 12 sacks. Bears aren't still going to the playoffs. No. Playoffs, right? He's not going to the playoffs. We're not going to the playoffs. So we're we're not in contention for anything. So the point is that if we have no assurance that he's going to stick around next year, we have the money. But that's the thing about what's happening with this team, which is a little perplexing. Is the stink it, is on. It's like, well, not that. It's like we have capital but we're still being quite judicious and a little bit stingy with it when we have quality players. So let's take Jalen Johnson as an example now. Right. So we agree. Montez sweat. I think overall, I, I give it, I give it a B if I have to grade it. Like, yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I don't, but we just, it, it's contingent on, can we find, can he, is he going to be able to yeah. stay with us long-term and be productive? Yeah. Like everything else with the bears, it's a wait and see kind it's of a, thing. Unfortunately, right. We're like, Oh, this is, Oh, let's just see what happens. Jalen Johnson is another example. I can understand why the Bears would not want to pay, if the rumors are true and the reporting is true that he wants to be paid as the top corner in football. I can see the Bears saying, "Hey man, you're not the top corner in football. We're not going to pay you as the top corner in football." The and he's in, in their minds, we've got some other backup. We got corners in waiting that we feel can be potentially just as good as Jalen Johnson. Yeah, as we talked about with Herb, I mean, you know, what's the number one thing Poles invested in the draft so far is in the secondary. Yeah. So then you kind of look at it as like, well, there, but we talked about this in the last podcast or cast. We're like, but what is the impact or the message you're sending to the team? If you're productive, 
And granted, you want to, like, I guess the, maybe the last two players in Roquan and now Jalen, they're ultra productive players. There's no doubt in my mind that Jalen Johnson is maybe a top 10 corner in the league, cover corner. Just, he doesn't get a lot of turnovers, but he, he's, he's really good. He's had some injury problems potentially, but when he's on the field, he's really good. Uh, so it's kind of like you don't want to overpay production. I get that. You never want to get in that trap, like we overpaid players and stuff. But we end up doing that in free agency anyways. And so why not extend a guy, even if you overpay for him a little bit, you don't, maybe you don't want like, I don't know, set the market and other teams are like, why'd you do that? Like, you know, the Watson deal. Like, why would you send, <laughs> why would <laughs> you spend this money? Oh my God, we got to pay quarterbacks. And How you, much now You notice after that? All the quarterback deals were like not even anything close. Well, to yeah, because I mean, the teams probably wanted to, you know, they were sending like they were sending naughty like, gifts to the owner of the Browns. Like, yeah, like, dude, I get it. Like, Joe doing? Burrow got his money, right? Like, the but superstars I mean, got their money. Yeah, he, you know, he but, takes teams to the Super Bowl. But what I'm getting at is that you don't maybe want to have your team set the precedent or the market for a corner, but they're hopefully because he didn't get traded. And Jalen is, I think, just done with us. But I think what, what you're seeing is that he's taking his cues from already what's been happening with other mm -hmm. players negotiating with the Bears. And this is the thing. I don't want this to be the trend or the concept or the impression that the Bears aren't going to – if you play as hard as you can, if you give everything you got and you think you're worth this, the Bears are basically not going to negotiate in good faith. At that point, as players, how hard do you want to play? right? How hard do you want? Like, I'm just here for four years. They're not going to pay me. It doesn't matter. I'm just basically auditioning for another team, right? Because you already have two really productive players that aren't going to get paid. And we have all this capital to sit on. So I'm wondering, like, if you're not going to, we have the money to maybe overspend to ensure that we not only keep a very productive player on the team, but you say, hey, dudes, we'll pay you. Maybe we won't be able to pay you like $20 million, but maybe we'll get up closer to 18. But right now, I think we're offering 15. We're pretty far apart. Yeah. And anyways, I'm really I don't know what's about. going to happen with Jalen. Honestly, I think now he's kind of, it's not a scorched earth. I think he's going to get interceptions, play hard, show me the money, and he's going to be playing somewhere else next year, I think. Yeah. We've, I've, I've seen reporting of, you know, Jalen wanting 20 plus and the Bears being at like 15. But I've also seen reports, and even out of Jalen's own mouth, where he goes, look, I'm not one of the super elite guys. I get it because of the turnovers. I just want to be paid a fair amount, right? So if Jalen's at like 17 and the Bears are like 12, that's a big difference than I think, you know, Bears at 15 and Jalen's at 20. Whatever happens, though, is Ryan Poles has to, for the sake of the locker room and all of these draft picks that he's got, you know, that he just took or is about to take that, as you said, if you play well, you get rewarded and you get a fair deal and we'll take care of you. Not, hey, thanks for the rookie contract and we'll see you later because this team basically is trying to be, you know, the Oakland A's of football and money ball their way into everything. And at least to one extent, one guy who did get rewarded was Andrew Billings, who gets a two-year deal, you know, and, and, for me, it's a guy who I think has played well on the defensive line. Obviously, the run defense is significantly improved over last year, and I give Billings a lot of credit for it. Yeah. So, you know, and it's that such inconsistency thing from the organization overall, right? Like this is the 
big well, complaints. It, Everything is inconsistent. Well, so we it, got Jalen not getting a deal and Billings getting a deal. Yeah. So the this is the you can almost say there's some shrewd aspect here, right? And I get this. Like you're looking at from Bears' perspective, Jalen probably doesn't want a two-year extension. Maybe probably wants four or five. Four. Okay. So that's the difference. You can maybe give a two-year extension and basically say, I got your services for a year, maybe two, maybe trade you. So basically it's a short-term contract on a player that all I need you is short-term services because I got two rookies. You might be taking over what you do, right? And Pickens and Dexter. So, hey, you're a very valuable asset. We definitely need you, um, in, at least in this scheme, for a little while. And so then again – he, this is buying the Bears in flexibility. If we change coaching shafts and change schemes, I'm only on this guy for two years, right? But the thing about what corners provide is that they're they're not. They're, I mean, they are, they are scheme dependent. Some schemes require different types of corner skills. But we've seen Jalen play in both. But Jalen is just a, exactly right. He's a very productive corner. He adapts. He's playing zone. He can play man. He's he's very adaptable. He's just good. I just plain and simple. When he's on the field, the Bears are better. There's no doubt about it. When he's off the field, you can easily feel the difference in the secondary, which is when you when you can see a player when he's on and off the field and you feel the difference, it's important to keep him on the field, right? In no, the and, and you and I both are on the absolute 100%. And we saw it, you know, we said it after his two picks, you pay the man. And you've complained about picks. The guy can create turnovers, but he is one of the most disciplined corners in the league when it comes to coverage, right? He is always where he needs to be. He's always in position, and he's a very good tackler. So while he may not get a ton of picks, there's a low, low chance of passes being completed at him, right? I think he's one of the best in the league in terms of quarterback rating when he's targeted. Pay the guy. Just be done with it and pay it. Give him a couple extra million. At this point, we're talking, you know, two or three extra million against the cap. Jalen is a guy you have to pay. You cannot let talent keep running off, right? And, you know, it's we're at a point, and again, like I said, it's just disorganization in the organization as a whole. And we saw it again now, Andre, with another coach getting fired, right? Like, there's just weird shit that keeps happening with the Bears over and over and over again. And like, what's your view of this? This is now two coaches that had well, that one left apparently, and one got canned in an eight-week span. Well, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now that there's gonna be the next coach, coaches, coaching staff. There's gonna be some HR vetting that goes along with those <laughs> like, who's coming for in the room, real, man. Like, there's gotta like if you if you vet your players, like. Who are they hanging out with? Like, what do they go to? What trouble they've gotten in college? Like, what is their girlfriend's like? Like, if you do all of that research on your players to make sure that you want to, you can draft them, you better start doing that for some of the coaches because yeah, it's going to be a, I need a copy of every text message you've sent and I need your browser history. For I, I don't know what it is, but it, I mean, it, it, so the, the two, the two things are independent of each other as far as maybe what happened, right? You have to look at, the first firing is, and Eberflus knew that guy. He worked with him for a very long time. So that's, if that is anywhere near the reporting besides like, it, no one no one believes health and family, right? So it's obviously something else that was found or discovered. And which just kind of means like, you, you know, you it kind of just leads to this, does the coach really know what he's doing and who is he, who is he surrounding himself with? Good leaders 
by default, especially head coaches, the most successful ones surround themselves with talented people to help them. They're not going to be the, I mean, they, if they focus too much on one side and they don't CEO the rest of the team, the team, you feel the impacts, right? So by him having now these coaches having HR problems, it kind of like, Flus, are you a judge of who do you want around you to help you build this thing? Like you got to look beyond, you got to look at the person besides just, are they football knowledgeable? And they're like, you know, coaching, coaching, coaching. You got to, there's got to be some judgment beyond like, and, and he, he, it really could have been just bad circumstance that he's like, I really had no idea. I thought this guy was great. I knew, and this was all by surprise and there was no history known, but part of me feels like, come on, man. Like you didn't, did you overlook some of this stuff and just said like, ah, it's no big deal. Whatever he did, it it's just puts question marks on the decision-making and the judgment of Eberflus, plain and simple. And to be honest, the organization, like, how do you not vet some of this stuff to happen? Yeah, so I mean, it's what what level of accountability do you give to Flus or do you give to Poles in this situation, right? Like, if this was a college team that had two coaches fired for weird circumstances, the NCAA would be coming in and be like, we need to impose sanctions because there's loss of authority in the organization and in the program, right? Like, no reasonable level of control remains here anymore. And we're we're gonna suspend the program, like so. Does the do the does the Bears just need to do that to themselves and be like, nope, we fucked up, <laughs> like, we're we're out, we're gonna clean house, and it gives justification for Flus and Poles to be gone at the end of the season, which makes all of these trades and all these signings so much more difficult to rectify, right? Like it's adding another variable in the whole system, and it's like. Dude, we've got to start being very disciplined about things because if you get another one of these, right? Like at some point you got to do it's three strikes and you're out, right? Like, am I wrong in this? Uh, I don't know. It, it Only the building knows. Let's just be honest. Okay. Only the building knows actually what happened. A lot of it's just speculation. Anytime you hear the words HR and you hear the words multiple offenses, you kind of go, uh, it, it yeah, raises, I'm, not t- it, I'm gonna go away now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah, yeah, boy. Uh, hopefully they know what. The, yeah, it's just one of those things, Mike. Where I'm like, God, I I hope that this is not uh, a trend. Like, yeah. and you and I, I both I, worked I, and we in big know. enough organizations where it's like, as soon as you hear someone got let go and HR was involved. <laughs> Right. Well, like, there's a like, lot of oh, reasons. There's a lot of up. there's a lot of reasons for that, right? But I mean, usually, if it's and it's specifically, it's inappropriate behavior in the workplace yeah, that was he, the cause of firing. So, I mean, the running backs were playing well. I don't. It's obviously not a performance issue, right? Like, yeah, so I mean, something I else know. took place, as you put, Man. that was completely inappropriate. His computer better be checked. It's, you know, it's and if like things. there's some out of pocket shit going down. Man, we got, I mean, like, go. like, listen, <laughs> man, if, if whatever, at this point he's gone and we just got to move on. It's another coach. They got to fill or just basically say, Hey, assistant of the assistant strength coach. Do you want to be a running back coach? Yeah, so, I don't know. You're the guy now. Right. And we still, the crazy shit is, is we still have to play a game Sunday. Well, I mean, you, you gotta, dude, if, if, if that, if, if it's a second, if HR gets involved and it's a second offense of inappropriate behavior, we don't know what it is. 
it don't matter if you got a game the next day. You got to go. You got to go. And so, but this is the thing: is we've we've had several weeks like this where we get enough news that would basically fill our content in this podcast oh, yeah, for an yeah, entire yeah. off season over multiple weeks, and there's still games. So now we have to get to this game, and under this injury report, scares the shit out of me again. Luckily, it looks like Eddie Jackson is a full go. Lucas Patrick was a full go. Braxton yeah. Jones was limited. However. Brisker still out with concussion. Nate Davis still out with an ankle. Tremaine Edwards didn't practice with a knee. Obviously, Justin with his thumb. Terrell Smith still out with mono. And then Larry Borum was out with a personal reason today, right? It could have been doctor's yeah. appointment, whatever. Well, you know who's like, not on there, though, right? Starno Wright. Yes. Thank God. So that's that's a good sign. Or Tevin Jenkins. Or Tevin. So this is good. We might be able to get our starting uh, offensive line back together. At this point, I don't care. Like honestly, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna have a gajillion people on the injury report. Brisker being out is gonna be a major impact to the defense, of course, as well as Tremaine Edwards. But did it matter if they were on the field last last game? I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> so realistically, again, we're not we're not in the hunt for anything. So yeah, people are injured. Uh, to be honest, at this point, I don't care who's injured. It could be the whole team can be injured because it, it, it starters, not starters. I feel like, yeah, we might have a better chance to win, but it's not much better than what we'd be with the starters. I feel like I, I this team is, it is what it is. So of course you want to have your best players on the field to give you the best chance to win. And and to be honest, I don't think we've had a game where that has been happening at all. We've always had some key people out. But a lot of teams are like that, and they can find ways to win. So, so yeah. So then my question becomes to you is, how do the Bears win this game? Like, what are your things you're really looking for? Um, or just tell me, even in, in, a, in a, if we get blown out again, you go, well, here's the things I'm looking for from a next-year perspective. Yeah, so um... – I think honestly, the best thing we can hope for is that we can. So it's obvious that Eberflus can't play his defensive scheme with the pressure he's putting on or the blitz pack, the blitz packages. He really wants to just rush for. His defense does not play well with just basically not having the seven people back in zone coverage, and the Chargers took advantage of it uh, constantly. I want to see better tackling and fundamentals and less penalties uh period like we those are the things you don't have to be good to not jump off sides to not commit false starts to not commit holds um to to basically we to we play disciplined football play disciplined football it's the problem is when you were not good enough to overcome those consistently we did it in oakland by a miracle but most teams can't overcome a lot of those penalties even if they're very good and we are not so that's the two main factors I see. Like, can we basically not get our not commit stupid penalties? And can we run the ball? To be honest, this is one of the key things we're going to have. Cleo Herbert's no longer on that uh, injury report, right? So I'm um, hopefully he'll be back. And we or is, he, build it. is he still on IR for one more week? I think. Oh, is he on IR? He might be. Yeah, he's a, he's still on IR. Oh, you're right. He's still on IR. Which we still have Roshan back. We still have to. We can run the ball. We ran the ball with like literally our. It, we can run the ball 
but the question is, will we run the ball effectively and, and um, commit to it even when it's working? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, the defense obviously has to stop um, David Carr in the, in the saints. Their saints are not a pushover team. No. And the know? saints defense is really, really good. Yeah. And if Carr Olave and Michael Thomas and Al, to me, it's going to be Alvin Kamara in the screen game. We've seen it, you know, three or four times. We saw it last mm-hmm. week with Austin Eckler eating the Bears defense up in the screen game. Alvin Kamara is possibly the best in the league at catching balls out of the backfield, right? I just have a feeling is even if the Bears play a disciplined game and they don't commit penalties and they limit the turnovers and Tyson Bajan in his third start as a pro plays, you know, a game like he did in his first start where he's, you know, 21 of 27, for 235 and a touchdown, I still don't think the Bears can win this game, right? Like, I just, the Saints match up too well in too many categories, and I'm going, can I get a moral victory out of this? Maybe, right? But I'm looking at this game and going, Saints are going to win this game probably 27 to 17. Yeah, I would say that this, I would think the, the I don't know. Like I didn't think the Chargers would score that many points. Um, I really thought the defense was trending in the right direction. Silly me to think that would actually play consistent back-to-back games in some aspects. Uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. Like what? What gives me uh, any belief <laughs> that the Bears are going to come out and play well? Right. Yeah. It. It just. So I just look at it. Right. My. I think my score. I think the Bears do lose this game. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think the game is, it, I think, I think I had this bears winning this game in the start of the season. Cause I, I think, the Saints I think we both did. Yeah. I think the saints are a good team, but I think the bears are just as good of a team in my mind when the season started. Right. So that'd be a close game. Bears win this one. I think the, they're going to win like 27, 28. I don't think the bears are going to score more than 14 points. Yeah, and so we're right around similar scores. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's going to be yep. a ten to twelve point game. It's going to be two score game, and this will be one of those games that's like thirteen to six at halftime, and we're like, oh, we're only one score down, and then all of a sudden it's a two score lead the rest of the game, and it's going to be some garbage touchdown that you know gets us to thirteen or sixteen or whatever it's going to end up being. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think another thing that's really important. Um is obviously the game plan for Bajent. And so Bajent showed he's still a rookie last game. You know, he had a great first game. Bears had a great game plan for him. He excelled in what they asked him to do. Second game, not as much. So we're going to see if he, this is another opportunity for him to prove himself to the league. I think he's proven enough to be a good backup quarterback um, within the team. So I, I think that's at least a win for him and uh, maybe for the Bears. But now it comes down to it is, can he prove to be something more than a backup quarterback? And uh, we're going to see. I mean, um, hopefully he's building some rapport and chemistry. You can see he's hitting other targets. Um, for the life of me, please do not put Valus Jones on the field. Oh, man. How is he still on the fucking roster at this point? Uh, I, I just don't know. Like, if, he's, if you're going to put him on the field, the problem is when you put him on the field, you know he's not going to catch any balls. It's going to be some end around or some gimmick gadget play. So it's pretty easy to spot once he steps on the right, field. Right, because he can't catch. He, he can't catch the ball, man. And so 
at that point, I just feel like he's going to be more of a liability for the team. You, why don't you just put another guy to run off kicks or just basically just wave their yeah, arms I and mean, let the ball if, go through? If, if Tyler <laughs> Scott can return kicks or he's, you know, he's returning punts and most of them are fair catches anyway, just be like, dude, if it's over your head, let it go in the end zone. We'll I, mean, that's, I mean, that's – Or just do the we, fair catch inside the 25. Yeah, at this point, like just don't return the ball. Like, I mean, we'll just take it from the 25. Every yeah. Time. You've only got like maybe one good return all year. Anyways, it's just one of these things where, you know, obviously the, the it's the same old shit. Feed DJ Moore as much as you can. This guy is probably the best player on offense. Yeah. And run the damn ball. Give it and to DJ Moore the ball, and, run the, and ball. run the ball. Yep. And, and even if you get loss, I'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we ground and pound and we just skip behind, like I, I was okay if we get behind. We stick to our game plan. We keep it close, and then in the fourth quarter, we have a chance to potentially win it. Bears fans, I think, would be satisfied. Yeah, if this turns into a twenty-one twenty-four game where the Saints, you know, come back and win it on, you know, like a last-minute field goal or something, and I'm like, you know what? That's a good moral victory. We just don't have the talent yet. I'm good with that. Yeah, but you don't want to go in the at the end of the first half going, all right, we lost this game. And that's what happened last week. Yeah, first first series. As soon as the no, I, scored, yeah, the first I was series, like, I, I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. But I've seen it where the Bears have scored back and like they commit. But when they scored at the two minute warning and they had the ball back again, it's 27, 24 7. I was like, this is 24 7 done. This is what's happened to Bears all day. Like, we all just day. basically, yeah, we know, we know where this is coming. We know where this is going. They don't have the, they don't have the ability to, with, with, with Beijing Dang. there to score a lot of points. We're toast. No. And you get, so your Bears play the Saints. 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Chicago time on CBS. I will obviously be watching that one, but the other one I'm looking forward to is at 4 o'clock or in the 3 o'clock Chicago time hour is Dallas at Philly. That is the game for me to be circling other than maybe the Sunday nighter. But Andre, which one on the plate of football for the weekend are you looking at? Well, I mean... Yeah, I probably would say that game, but I actually want to see the Sunday night game a lot. I think Kansas City, Miami is going to be some fireworks, baby. But that's in that's in Germany, man, at nine o'clock in the morning. Like that kicks off the weekend where we get Miami and Kansas City, which is essentially a. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. That's the Germany game. You're right. You're right. Not not the no the night Sunday night game is Buffalo or Buffalo at the Bengals. Now I don't. That's going to be a good game, and it's like you know the reminder of the tragedy that happened. But I want to like start the morning off with the fireworks that are going to be in oh, Germany, man. Sunday all day for me. I'm I'm going to be up early, Kansas City, yeah. Miami, to start that's, the morning. That's the one because I want to see Tyreek come back to the building and go, "Remember me, bitches," and and just go to town. I'm I'm rooting for Miami. Uh, just because I love their coach, I think he's Mike amazing. McDaniel is the man. Dude. Oh, did man, you see the video is... of the kid dressed up as him? Oh, the yeah. Halloween dude, that was oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, the reason why that kid's costume was funny is why because Mike McDaniel just did it for real. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> right, and he, he did the little he's his he, own, he made himself a costume. He is, he's, 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 that the, good. he's the NFL coach version of a meme. Right, like you can he's just incredible. drop Mike McDaniel in anywhere, and it applies. And I just love him. Fantastic. He he is and, by far my favorite coach in the NFL. Right and, and so I, I'm I root for him just because of it. And uh, you know, Kansas City's had their time. I want another team to step up in that uh, league. 
So anyways, that's the that game. And obviously, look, there is a, there's no love lost between the Cowboys and the Eagles. We, we know there are certain division rivals we can respect as Bear fans. That East, that rival right there is pretty nasty. And I mean, there's going to be some smacking around. You know what? Also, I want to see up there with Bears Packers, right? Yeah, and it's going it, to. You have two there. good teams. You have two very good defenses. It'll be just look. Though those two teams might be playing each other potentially in the NFC Championship game. Very likely. So you're looking at a preview of what maybe is to come in the playoffs, and I, it's going to be great. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, super exciting, and. It, you know, another wonderful all day Sunday. The only problem is we get the Bears at one o'clock and we just got to fight through that one. I mean, it just, this is the thing about this team. You know, you get like, oh, they suck. Oh, they're awful. Wait a minute. They, they're showing good. They're, here we go. Oh, we're awful again. Like, it's <laughs> such a roller coaster. And so, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's so hard to be emotionally into this because I feel like. I'm just getting hugged and then slapped. If and by like, some miracle, a bunch of love, they're giving me a high five and then they slap the shit out of me. If by and some I, miracle the Bears pull off a win, I'm going to be so hyped going into that four o'clock game. With you know, death. oh yeah, I mean, I will be on be like, cloud nine. This the post game would be five minutes. Yeah, well, that's another thing too. So we're going to be like, well, where has this been all? Like, so reason we can always complain about everything, but realistically, you know, like they say, winning cures everything. It's just the fact that we're just not there. Look, I, I, I'm just going to be keeping it real. I think the base of this team now is: can we get past three wins? Yeah, it's going to be: can we win more games than last season? That's it. Like, are we at four? Four? Like, I don't five? know. Can we get to six? maybe? Maybe can we get to five? no? I mean, dude, five. No. So five. five. I think right now, the if you're in Vegas, That's the over under's got to be more. five. Three of the last nine. I mean, that's the that we're on pace for four. Nope. You thought that last year we lost what? How many in a row? Twelve in a row. That's true. That's true. We went on a terrible streak. So, and it was right uh, around the same time last year. Uh, it's just like you know what? But so again, we're like this ping pong. Like it's honestly, I feel like you know those the old school game where you pull a flower. Like she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. Yeah, we've been getting the bad and, ones a lot though. And then, like, uh, but we're getting like, she doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. She doesn't lo- wait. She loves me. Nope. Yeah, she doesn't love me. She does- one, one petal on the whole flower. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I'm, oh. I'm beyond. I'm beyond. There's. You're telling me there's a chance. Like, yeah. One no. In a million. No. Yeah. It's, it's no. not even that. No. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen. But we'll be back to talk about it Sunday after the game, regardless. Yep. On that note, Andre, as always, it is time to say goodbye to the people. See ya.